When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the Get Organized with Declutter Me podcast with myself, Shalina. I hope you're well wherever you are in the world. Today, I have Emma, who is the owner of Next Akin, and she designs and sells beautiful clothes um, for babies and children. And she also has a podcast with the same name, Next of Kin, talking about having babies and, you know, all the stuff that goes with it, which I have no idea about. Um, and she also has a one-year-old kid, so that, or baby, so that helps as well. So I wanted to bring her in today to talk about all things baby, clothes, and just all that kind of thing to help you guys out. So welcome, Emma, to the show. It's lovely to have you on. Thank you. It's so strange for me to be the other side of the microphone and not interviewing someone today. I know, you have to talk on everything <laughs> as well. You have, to, you have to do more of the talking and I'm doing less, which is, this is good for me. This exactly. Is, this is very rare for me as well, yeah. <laughs> Usually I'm the one talking away. So what made you start Next of Kin? So honestly, my daughter was my curveball, my inspiration. All right. My background is actually as a fashion buyer. So it's not a huge departure, but I never wanted to have my own brand. I thought there was enough brands in the world. I didn't think I was going to be able to come up with something different. Right. And then I had my daughter. I realized that fashion buying isn't very easy to go back into when you're a mother because there's a lot of travel and with fashion it's the stereotype that you have to act like the world's ending if a handbag hasn't been delivered on time you know is is oh, totally that stereotype so it's like devil wears prada then sometimes depends okay. where you work but you know it's late nights and you've got to remind yourself that it's not brain surgery we're not saving lives but you you still kind of have to act that way <laughs> so <laughs> i did try and go back into it right. my daughter was four months old and she was still breastfed. She wouldn't take a bottle at all. all right. So I was going into the office and having to dash out to feed her constantly. Oh, no. And so within weeks, I was sat in front of HR asking me why I wasn't traveling and basically I needed to leave. But in the background, I had been doing a bit of thinking because I would take my daughter out for a walk and I'd think about the clothes that I wanted to dress her in. We're in Dubai, so we go to the malls in winter and it's full of winter clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why? I still needed to buy little rompers for her and summer clothes for her. And so I thought all about this and thought someone else should really come up with this brand that <laughs> sells these products. And it wasn't until my partner said to me, Next of Kim would be a really good baby brand name, just totally out of nowhere. And it really stuck with me. And I would think about it at night and oh my God. I just had to do something with it. Yeah, yeah. And then loads of other little like fateful coincidences would happen. Like I met someone who could do my branding for me and things just started getting rolling. It was meant to be. And it was meant to be. And so here I am now with a podcast and a baby brand and at the start of the year I didn't think I'd be doing either of those things yeah oh my god so that like and that's your creativity that's come out as well to help you to to get to this point that's amazing and yeah. what, what were you buying before what what kind of fashion were you buying before well 
the last few years I'd been in luxury fashion. So I'd done brands like Versace, Dolce & Gabbana. Oh, okay. And Amazing. It's fun because you get to travel to Milan and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't always have the creativity. Right. People think it's a lot more glamorous than it is. It's actually a lot of spreadsheets and numbers. Oh, okay, yeah. Whereas yeah, before that, imagine. I'd been at Harrods and okay. I'd been doing product development for, you know, the plastic green tote bags. Yeah, yeah. I got to develop those and all the handbag line and I loved that creativity. Oh, that was a good balance for me. And so okay. that's kind of what I've got back now because I've yeah. still got to do the numbers, but I also get to play designer as well. But that's amazing because you've got to, you've had that experience and knowledge to get to this point as well, yeah. which I always say is important for people who want to start businesses. I mean, I know we're going to talk about organizing and kids stuff, but people don't talk about that when starting a business that you need that background knowledge, like to, to run a business as well. But as much knowledge as I have in that, I still often feel like I know nothing. When you start a business, you just don't know where to start at all, do you? Yeah, yeah no. I mean, I had a legal background and I worked for companies. So I had that legal and finance background to run the business. But branding and marketing, I'm clueless. I mean, I know about social media because I'm, I'm, I've been on it since the beginning. But yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years now and it's still, it, you're still learning. You're still finding out things and yeah. making mistakes. So. Yeah, I mean, she survived one year. That's amazing. <laughs> Here's to more. Well, someone said to me, because I attended this masterclass about how to get stocked right. by different by different retailers. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, Emma, you should be giving this masterclass. And I was like, because I was a buyer and that's kind of what I'd done. And I was like, no, because anyone that approached me, I would like on LinkedIn or whatever, I would just, I wouldn't respond. I'd delete that message. So I really didn't know what to do because... I haven't been in those shoes before. And plus you had it set out for, it was sort of yeah. a bit easier, wasn't it? Yeah. Right? If it you There's always work. other people, other departments, isn't there? I've got the yeah. merchandiser, I've got the logistics, I've got the legal. And now, and now you now have to do that. Mm -hmm, you're yeah. everything. Yeah, that's interesting. Why did you focus on the clothing for for the kids? Okay, so for me, I mentioned when I was out for walks with my daughter, the reason is she would be strapped to me in her baby carrier and she'd have her little legs out and you can't put sun cream on babies under six months. Oh. But you also don't want to put them in leggings or heavy items yeah, like that. It's too hot. Yeah, so that was the absolute first product I thought of was a jumpsuit that covers their legs, but it's nice, breathable cotton. Right. And a zip up the front because right. then it's easy to dress. I found different jumpsuits, but they then wouldn't have poppers to change the nappy. Yes. And so you've got to get this baby completely undressed to change the nappy and they hate that. So for me, you'll see in my range, it's all got the poppers. It's got the zip at the front. The first samples I had done, they automatically put the zip on the back because they thought I'd want that concealed. But if you think about how you're dressing a baby lying down on a changing table, you want to zip them up the front. So you probably, you probably wouldn't use it if it had a zip at the back. No, because it'd be squirming and everything and driving you insane. Especially if you're in a mall using the, the changing rooms there and people are banging on the door. You want to do it quickly, don't exactly. you? Exactly. And babies hate getting changed and getting their nappy changed. So Poor thing. Yeah. So you just want to do it as quickly as possible. Oh my God. So you've been, you focused on that and now you've moved on to other things, you know, other ranges as well now? With the yeah. So I've got, it's baby clothes going up to age two to three. Right. Okay. And the reason for that is because at the moment I have a one-year-old, she's basically 14 months. She right. started toddling around. So I remember, and I have a list of things that were important to me at all these different stages. Right. 
but I haven't designed yet for those toddler years. Right. And so that's probably going to be my next collection. And I'll start growing that age group as she grows up because I now I'm starting to think of different things she needs. A really interesting example is little dresses for babies, which are most of the time pretty impractical, but they are so cute and we can't help it. Like we have to buy them. They're so cute. But everyone I spoke to said they want the matching bloomers for Um, babies to cover the nappy. Yeah, yeah. If I had designed that when she was, say, three months old, I'd have done that attached to the dress, like a little vest that's attached with poppers. And But now that she's moving around and you go through that crawling phase and the dress gets in the way, I've done the bloomers separate so that you can tuck the dress in when they're trying to... So there's little things like that that you just need to be a mum to yeah, know. Yeah, you need to experience. Yeah, because yeah. I wouldn't know. I'm just auntie. I just buy, I, I buy things for one year old when they're born, when they're newborn, because everybody's buying the newborn stuff and not thinking about the future. So I'm organised and think about when they're older and one years and they haven't got anything to wear. So their stuff, the stuff ends up getting worn and then Auntie Shalina gets thanked. So, <laughs> yeah. so when it gets to that point, you know, let me know and I'll buy the, you know, the stuff for the, the kids and stuff. Um, but let's now talk like, so you've, you've had your daughter. What's your daughter's name? She's called Bonnie. Bonnie. So (laughs) Bonnie was born, well, you were pregnant with Bonnie and, you know, there are people give lists and there's stuff on the internet, right? About what to buy and what not to buy and all that stuff. How did you go on with buying, getting the stuff? Well, there's just so much stuff. And the, I mean, the first thing you have to address is that a pregnant lady is a very different consumer to anyone else. Right. Okay. Because In what way? Well, you've got nine months, especially a first time mum, you've got nine months to really, it's all you can think about is this baby and being pregnant for most people. And the planning, the buying, this is really fun. And you're filled with this kind of love you've never had before. So you, the one thing that you can do at that stage is just get the best products. And the products also feed into your sense of who you're going to be as a mum. But what I really hate is that the marketers definitely take advantage of this and make you feel like you need these things, they're essential. I learned very quickly that a lot of the stuff wasn't essential. Even things like um, a bassinet for the pram, people would say that's essential for the first six months. My daughter wouldn't go in a pram, let alone a bassinet on a pram, no chance. So there's so many things that you're told are essential. Baby baths. In the end, I would put some towels in the bath in a nice sort of like cocoon her in the bath in a towel that I didn't mind getting really wet in the bath. That was perfect. I didn't need to spend loads of money on a particular baby bath. The baby baths I have decluttered a lot or helped Mm -hmm. people to sell it. Yeah. That's a big waste of money. And the bassinet, yeah, the, the little basket thing yeah. looks cute on pictures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a, yeah, So many things to put your baby into. And a lot of people are going to have babies who don't want to be put down right. at the start. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know that at all. I didn't think that was going to be a thing. Yeah, no, they, they, they just stick to you, right? They yeah. just want to be next to their mummy. They yeah. just want to feel cocooned. and Of course they do. That. They've been inside you. Yeah. They just want to be skin to skin. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So none of that stuff. So they, they're the two things to scratch off the list immediately so many things like that I'm trying to think of other examples that you would just think for when the baby's a bit older and you start weaning my first thought was okay I need to get a baby food maker you absolutely do not need to get a baby food maker just get the blender out and even that you're going to use for maybe a week or two and then you're just going to be mashing things with a fork and onto solids it's so quick that phase really that it's just not worth buying at all 
I have to say, because I said that the pregnant lady is a totally different consumer, is that it is fun for her to buy all of these things. So to my friends, the two tips I give them is buy secondhand because I bought three things, a baby bouncer, a docker top, which isn't that you put the baby in. A, what a what? A what? <laughs> to dock your baby in. It's okay. like a little baby nest. Ah, uh, okay. All right. I bought that and I bought this lovely wooden oval crib and I got those all secondhand. She never used any of them, hated them. But I could get my exact money that I paid for it for it back straight away when and I sold it. Could you could say you never used it as well? I never used it. These things are all good as new when you buy them secondhand because they've been used for such a small amount of time or not at all. Yeah, yeah. That you know, just buy it secondhand. I think there is. I mean, the secondhand market for baby stuff is the best market. Here. Oh yeah. Everything else, it's you lose money, you get annoyed, and you get the how much thing but this seems to, they seem to own the only things that hold value here are baby things isn't it um and now what about like the cushions and things you know like the baby cushion things and you like does that well is i that would say for me i use that a lot okay the, like the breastfeeding cushion yeah, yeah. yeah i use that a lot and like the pillow for when you're pregnant so again you can get these things secondhand you don't need to be precious about it but you'll probably feel a bit precious because you're pregnant. You want brand new things, but you don't need to be precious. The other thing to do, and this is the second piece of advice I give my pregnant friends, is to do all of the research that your pregnant heart desires into these products. So you know exactly what you want when you get to that stage, but don't buy it. Don't buy it until you actually need it. Ah, uh, yes. That... we live in same day delivery land, yes. don't we? Well, this is what I say for everything. I'm like, we have supermarkets around the corner everywhere. We have, yeah, same day delivery. We're really fortunate here that we get same day delivery. Even Ikea delivers the next day and will assemble. So no one needs to buy early anymore unless it's out of stock, which is quite rare, isn't it? Um, but I have had clients who've gone to America and to the UK and they buy stuff there because it's cheaper. And they buy in advance and then I've had to organise it before the baby is born. Um, but is there that much of a difference? Like, did you did you do that? Did you go home and buy stuff there? I did. I bought my pram, funnily enough, from Harrods okay. and got it shipped over. And that was still hundreds of dirhams cheaper to get it from Harrods. And this isn't like an expensive pram at all. It's one of the cheaper ends, but they happen to have it. But even paying the 120 dirhams shipping was cheaper than buying it here. So there are things like that. Um, yeah, but I think mostly it's not necessarily worth it. I think, I mean, what about the bottles? Because there's a special brand, is it Dr. Is it Dr. Brown? This, oh, the bottle chat. I'm on obviously all the mums groups yeah. and I've been trying to get my daughter to take a bottle forever and failed and everyone will say, try all the different brands. So I've got them all. And okay. God, there's not that much difference. And my only advice would be if you can get man bottles, get you can get them on Amazon. They're not really in the shops here, but they self-sterilize in the microwave. So that's great. The rest of them, you're just going to trial and error. Don't buy them before. Don't yeah, bother. Just wait until, until you're... Yeah, yeah. There's just, oh my God, there's just so <laughs> much stuff. Um, so what are the most common challenges you faced being a new mum? Honestly, uh, the... I guess I what surprised me was that it's just chaos. Yeah. <laughs> it's just chaos. And as much reading up as you can do when you're pregnant, those books are not about your baby. All these tips that you get, all the advice, 
you feel an obligation when you're pregnant to listen to everything but so you can be the best mum possible but actually scrap it just follow your gut and I really felt like I was going to be a specific kind of mum so okay so what were you going to be Okay, a good example is that I told my mum that I had done all the research and my baby would actually be sleeping through the night because I'd found a routine. I'm going to feed her every two hours and she'll be full, so she'll sleep through the night. Okay. My baby came out and wanted feeding every 45 minutes. (laughs) Two hours was a long way off. (gasps) So she, I mean, actually she slept okay to start with, but at three months she decided she wouldn't be going in a cot ever again and has been in with me. And I am now breastfeeding a toddler (laughs) and co-sleeping with a toddler. And to me, when I wasn't a mum, that would have been the total opposite of the kind of person I thought I was. I wouldn't be co-sleeping or breastfeeding a toddler. Like I would judge that. And now I've had my daughter and I realise that's actually just what she needs and it's what works for us. But at the start, when I was still trying to get her in that cot, I did feel like a failure because I had those expectations when I was pregnant. And because you'd read about it and heard yeah, about it. Yeah, I've done stuff. all this. And all and even now when I Google advice on whatever it might be and I read through all, all the advice and I'm like, yeah, that's not going to apply to my daughter. <laughs> They're all so different. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And I think that's the problem that these, there's so many of these things that come out and even like the hospitals and doctors and stuff say stuff as well don't they that you have to do this and this and then I've seen some of the notes and I'm like will this really does this work like you know it just sounds it's too much pressure on you yeah does it it give like anxiety and it does and also sometimes it feels like it's the one part being a grown-up where you're not really like trusted to trust your gut when actually it's like the most instinctive part yeah like when I even when I was giving birth I had the instinct that everything was fine and they wanted to speed things up yeah you know there's so you really are like I don't know you connect to your mothering instincts and it's a real thing but people speak to you like doctors giving advice or whoever it might be as if you don't have that yeah and they really want to tell you how to do things a lot you get that a lot as a mum I yeah I can see that and I've seen that with friends and like you know close friends that people give unsolicited advice as well and you're like no like or especially the older generation yeah they've gone through things so they think that because they went through it that it would be different it will be the same for you I suppose yeah Um, I have to bite my tongue myself because you do just you want to help and you want to tell them these things that you found that work for you yeah but their experience is going to be totally different. Their baby is going to be totally different. Yeah, there is that. I mean, funnily enough, actually, this morning I was um, listening to Princess Eugene oh, yeah. on another podcast and she was saying that her baby sleeps through the night. Oh, I and listened to that podcast too. Yeah. yeah I was so upset. Nah, I don't need to hear that. <laughs> so don't you put were that out there. <laughs> I was like, oh, this other one. But then one of my close friends, she didn't do breastfeeding. She did bottle feeding and... Her ba- her daughter just fell asleep the whole night because, and they explained it. They went, well, because we know how much we're giving, food we're giving. And of course, they're going to be full, so they're going to sleep the whole night. Whereas with breastfeeding, you don't know how much you're giving. But my daughter has grown to the 99th percentile. She's chunky. She doesn't need this food, but it's who she is, you know. So people will try and put science behind all of these things and really like just trust our guts as mums. Yeah. So what has been the most surprising aspect of being a mum so 
I mean, probably that. I guess the love that you feel and how connected you are. I was telling someone the other day, actually, that there is just this instinct that science can't really explain. Like, I can hear Bonnie crying when I shouldn't, she's too far away, I shouldn't be able to hear her crying. And I know that she's crying. Yeah, weird things like that. Or the other day she got sick and I could tell she was getting sick about a couple of hours before a fever broke or everyone else was being like no she's fine I was like no she's getting sick like you have that weird connection oh, with your baby my God. yeah and so I think that's why it's important to trust your gut yeah yeah it's like a total sixth sense so for expectant mothers like they're budgeting for the baby items what advice would you give for that because that's another thing because it's not cheap I mean you said you, you bought the buggy from Harrods, which would like normal people hear like, oh my God, you're being a bit extra. But I know for a fact, because of dealing with clients and seeing as well, that actually Harrods often is the cheaper option. Yeah, I buy for, and Selfridges as well. Like they, 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 they act, it's much cheaper than buying from here. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, the first thing is the secondhand market, definitely. Right. So utilize that. Also, don't forget about the small brands. Obviously, I have to say this as next of kin, but also you've got plenty of small brands that are multi-brand retailers and they have discounts too. And I think there's a misconception that they're always more expensive. But I've been learning because obviously now I'm in this industry that that's not the case. There's plenty of discounts out there. And then you're going to be supporting another mummy, another family. You know, Amazon aren't going to notice if you order, but a small brand is. So I think definitely utilize the secondhand market, check out the small brands for their discounts too. And then I guess it's friends and family, get things passed on, you get that baby list out there for them to buy you gifts because they're going to want to buy. Oh God, yeah. Grandparents. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, make they're, the most of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the grandparents are the worst. Like my, my parents, um, my mom, even now, every time she goes out, she'll buy something for the, the nephews. And they're now... 10 and 13. Um, but when they were babies or growing up, she would just kept on buying it. And then it got to a point where we had to all say, stop it. Like <laughs> they've got too much stuff, like yeah, everything, I can imagine. you know? So, and I know that it's a thing with all grandparents. They have the, especially is, is yours the first grandchild? She is on my partner's side, not on my side. Uh, okay. So yeah. then they'll most probably be going like, oh, there's this cute thing. Let me buy it. Yeah, But also when you're pregnant, and it's kind of the pregnant brain, but you'll be very specific about what you want for your baby. You'll have like an aesthetic in mind for yeah. the clothes and everything. And grandparents are not going to have that know. same. No, no, no. They don't understand what aesthetics is. So oh, what no, was no. your aesthetic then? Well, I think I ended up with like sort of a ditzy floral thing going on, whereas... My mum would go for like the slogan, like I love my grandma or something. Oh my God. I don't know, you know, it's bright pink. And we actually nearly had a full blown argument in Primark when she wanted to buy something. And in the end, I had to tell myself, this doesn't matter. Like she's enjoying this. Just let her go for it. Like, and also you won't be as precious when the baby comes. Well, I mean, it's funny you say about Primark because I bought from Primark for my nephews and my sister-in-law wasn't happy. She thought I was being really cheap, but I was like, it's, you know, they can wear it all the time. They can do whatever they want on it. They can throw up, whatever, use it till it falls apart. And then I'll go buy new stuff for them. And it actually was the best thing to buy because that was the stuff used every day because the expensive stuff is not taken out then. It's not used because it's too special. It's only for special days and that will last for one one day because they'll grow out of it. Um, so then I was, you know, then it was like, oh yeah, Primark was the best idea, wasn't it? Like, so all the cheap brands, like for throwing up, 
running around in the mud, pooping in them, doing all that. It's perfect. And I mean, my experience working for designer brands as well is that they don't really know how to design for kids no. either. And so they're not going to have the functionality that actually you're going to find with the cheap brands. Yeah, no. And I, I mean, I organize a lot of the designer brand children clothes and a lot of them stay in the boxes to be given to the next friend or family or sister that had the baby because people buy, like grandparents especially, buy so much of that and then it's never worn because it won't fit them. But they don't have, they don't do the sizing properly either. So they're all wrong. So, yeah. Looking at one of the companies you used to work for, I can tell you that, that, that Dolce is not great. <laughs> Dolce, not too bad. Some others, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of the, they're very pretty though. They're gorgeous. Very pretty, yeah. Especially the dresses. Like, yeah. Like if you had the matching dresses. I know. You have to do that. <laughs> have you still got, you, you still got in with Dolce? <laughs> um, so how do you, how are you striking now a balance between work and family and having Bonnie as well? Honestly, it's impossible. Like, and I want to say that for the mums out there who are feeling the same. Yeah, you know. Like there's no magic answer to this because, I mean, you've heard of mum guilt and then you've got small business owner guilt on top of that because both of these things are never ending. There's never a, a, you never feel like you've done enough. And so right now I'm here with you and I feel like I probably should be with Bonnie. But if I was with Bonnie, I would probably be thinking about work. And then you're obviously meant to have self-care and nurture your relationships as well. So it is, it's impossible. The only thing you can do is accept help, I think, and try and delegate and definitely delegate all cleaning. Okay, yeah, that's Delegate all cleaning. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and we are fortunate here that we can get that. Um, I mean, like in the UK, it's not cheap right now so but, but I know. delegate it to your husband <laughs> really <laughs> yeah you should not be doing the cleaning <laughs> no I know but you know some of them are just rubbish yeah true I mean I am fortunate that my <laughs> my boyfriend is good at doing stuff and like he will help out but yeah no I know a lot of men are not helpful when it comes to that no so yeah you're lucky if you've got a good one <laughs> yeah and a cleaner so <laughs> and a cleaner yes yes um and what else do you delegate as well well, I mean, I'm not very good at it at the moment with Bonnie because she is very attached to me. That's her personality. She's like that. She just loves her mummy. She's just been ill. So she's been attached to me the whole time. And I feel like I needed to recover from her illness because yeah, yeah. it was 24-7. But we do have a nanny and that's something that we can do here in the UAE and it's a bit harder in the UK. And I think sometimes there's a preconception with people in the UK that that means that you're, you know, giving away the parenting to someone else to do. And actually, the reason we got one is because she can then be in the house with me so I can work, but see her constantly. Like I go and do all her meals with her, still breastfeeding, things I couldn't do if she was um, at nursery. So I guess that's a big one that I need help with. Whereas in the UK, you might have family nearby. We don't have any. And so it took a lot of twisting my arm to even get to the point where I agreed to having a nanny, but to go back to work I had to. And at least then she's also looking at the housework for us and sorting that all out. So it's a total weight off my mind. I think and like, yeah, it is that. I mean, there is that misconception at home. I mean, even with having a maid, like I've had, I've been here for 18 years and I've had a maid that comes once a week. But there's this conception that we are spoiled and pampered. But it's actually, no, if you, you know, need help with someone uh, with something I haven't got time to do cleaning myself I have my maid who's been with me for a few years and 
she just has free reign in my house, just gets on with it, does it, tells me what's missing, what to do, you know. She even deals with my packages that come from, you know, Amazon and stuff because she knows that I, I haven't got time to deal with it all now. So I think we all need that, don't we? We need to embrace it. And if we can afford it, do it. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to a different podcast that was saying that, especially as a small business owner, your cleaning is never going to be done and finished. Like it's just such a kind of waste of your time, really, when you could be pouring those resources. But then as a mum, you think about the saying that it takes a village to raise a child. And we don't have that village when we're away from our family. And another podcast again I'm a good podcast listener but they were saying that actually it's not that we don't have the village it's that we have to be prepared to now pay for the village even if we're back in the UK I think you know my parents are busy doing their thing they've still got businesses it's not however many years ago where you'd have the grandparent that lived around the corner so yeah I think you now just have to be prepared for the fact that you've got to pay for it I think so yeah even yeah wherever you are in the world I mean even my parents they live in Kent my brother lives in London so it's not that easy to go they, they've helped over the years but it's not that easy for them to go help then they've got better things to do plus they're retired and they just swan off to whichever country they feel like swanning off to you know course, every yeah. like every so often they'll be like we're going to the airport and we're like okay like, <laughs> thanks thanks for telling us that so everybody's got their own things to do haven't they it's not like before where you all lived on the same street and you could just dump the kids at home and all that but um yeah so I think yeah I think people need to embrace that and it's sort of get organized as well with their lives and look after yourself rather than hoping other people family and friends will help because yeah find a community know where you can go for the different support whether it's like a breastfeeding support or it's sleep coaches or just the mums that you know that you can go for a play date with and get advice or complain about your child and husband too like okay you need that that. yeah yeah (laughs) um and so is there a lot of support here within the UAE like within Dubai about like as you said breastfeeding and sleeping and all this stuff yeah and that's what I've been figuring out the best thing about doing my podcast is that I have these guests on right. who are now part of my network okay so awesome. I had Lisa from lullabies on right and she used to be a nurse and now she is a breastfeeding coach and uh, a breastfeeding specialist and a sleep coach oh so she just came on to talk to me about all things sleep And the other day I needed her for some help with breastfeeding. And then the very next day, Bonnie came out in a rash. (laughs) So I have not left her alone. So that's been the best thing about doing the podcast. But most people who don't have podcasts will find this support in the WhatsApp groups, in the Facebook groups. There are so many. There's ATB mums, the mum folk. There are just so many that you can join. There's an ATB mums one now? There is, yeah. I know the ATB, but... But they, yeah, I mean, and it's good that it's expanded so much in the last, I think, maybe 10 years. There's so much more. It's because of technology, I suppose, isn't it? Because of Facebook and WhatsApp and social media and everything. Um, what other kind of technology are you using, you know, to help you? Yeah, I guess I hadn't even thought about that being like technology that really helps me. When I think about the technology for babies, I think about like toys and equipment. But actually, on the other hand, it can be a little bit unhelpful on the internet. You should never, my midwife always told me, do not Google. And every single thing that's wrong, I do Google. We all do. And, you know, you're just going to be told that something awful is wrong with your child, aren't you? So it can be a bit unhelpful. 
I mean, technology in general, when if I do talk about like the toys, for example, we're going down the route of so many different toys. There's and, so many. Yeah. And there's like the wood and then there's the normal plastic stuff that we had when we were growing, which is all coming back again because my little pony's back again and Transformers. Oh, is, really? Yeah, yeah, my little pony's back. Like, proper. See, I'm not at that stage yet, oh, am no. I? <laughs> um, the one I, I can't stand is Shopkins, which is this tiny little, they're the worst. Well, you, you're, hopefully that would have died a <laughs> death before you got to that because that's the worst for organising. Um, and then there's those dolls that everybody keeps on complaining. Lols. Okay, yeah, I've heard of those. Yeah, lols. Everybody complains about them being obscene. Yeah. Well, I mean, with the baby stage, because we're going into toddlerhood now and you don't really... <laughs> You don't really need any toys. I mean, I have this monthly toy rental subscription, which is great because, you know, you're not going to have to hold on to toys that aren't for that stage afterwards. However, at the moment, they just come to visit for a month to sit in a corner. Do you know what my daughter's favourite toy is? Box. It's a pot of pseudocreme. I've cleaned it out because we were getting pseudocreme all over the house. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, but it's a pot of pseudocreme. That's what she spends the most time on at the moment. Wow. So when it comes to technology and all that, there's the saying that um, the more the toy does, the less your child does. So if they can just press a button and be entertained, that's not going to be great for their attention span and like their development. Whereas a pot of pseudocreme or pots and pans is a whole open-ended play, isn't it? It's... Mm-hmm. You can be a rock star with your pots and pans or you can be pretending to be mummy, you know. There's so much more that can be done with those than just being entertained. So that, if anyone wants permission to not have all the ugly plastic flashing singing toys. The the singing ones are (laughs) so much noise. Like sometimes you just want to find the button to switch off and some of them don't have buttons that you can switch off that the noise like... I don't know, they're the yeah. ones. I have had to take bags of that stuff to give away for a donation and they make noise in my car. Yeah, no. Don't no. do it. Don't do it. Just say it's for the baby's development, but actually you don't want it in your no, house. No, no, exactly. <laughs> so so all those lights and the pressing the buttons and the turning the knobs and all that, that's the, 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 all those Fisher Prize ones, aren't they? That? Well, also your baby's probably not going to be interested in them and just want to play with your pots and pans and your pot of pseudocram, so don't bother. <laughs> I, I know the box was a thing. I remember my brother when he was a toddler was, and he's, you know, and it's like pets, like they're yeah. just obsessed with boxes. Just yeah. give them a box and they'll just, and they'll pretend they're like, he would pretend he was flying a plane and oh, yeah. stuff like that, you know. So yeah. much more fun. And that's going to take them hours of joy and entertainment that you are not going to get from just pressing a button. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Oh my God, that's, uh, it's, there's so much stuff. Like you just don't know until you, you experience it, I guess. Or I, I talk to someone about it because <laughs> I'm not getting that. I'm not having that baby. Um, so finally, um, give us your tips and tricks, you know, for um, the clothing and what's great for babies and then moving on to toddlers and stuff. Okay, so for the babies, all you're going to want at the start is double zip onesies. Okay. That's all you need. So double zip is front and back. No, it's one zip, but you can zip it up to change the nappy and zip it down to get them undressed. Uh, okay. So okay. I have a, a couple of these in next of kin range in like a lovely soft buttery uh, bamboo cotton. And so that's all you're going to want to put the baby in because your baby is going to be so like fragile and delicate and you don't want to do anything to make it cry at all. So that's all you need at the start. Just get a few in newborn because they're probably going to grow straight out of that or they might never fit into newborn at all. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that a lot. Yeah, yeah. 
that's up to sort of not to three months. And then you might want to start with other things, but especially at night, just go for the zips. I don't know why anyone does poppers anymore. Just go for the zips okay. and double zip. Yeah. And then another trick actually that a lot of people don't realize is with the vests that have that envelope neckline. Yes. So the reason for that is when you have a big poop explosion, you don't want to pull the vest over their head. So what you can do is open up the sides of that neckline and pull it down. And I didn't realize that until I had a child. And so that is a number one tip with the vests. How many explosions have you had to deal with before you found oh, this gosh. out? I do not know. I do not know. <laughs> Has, did it happen in public or was it at home? Oh my goodness, yeah. The, the worst was probably in a taxi and oh. I could just hear something bubbling away and I looked at my mum and I was like, that's not staying contained. That is not. <laughs> oh. I know that one of my nephews had that. My mum was with my, my sister-in-law and it was in a mall and it was oh happening. So yeah, I, I know that this is not fun. And on the mum groups, they're always asking, what's the best nappy to avoid it? Like, no, none. it's just going to come out. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. No, even worse than that, I had it on a yoga mat that wasn't my yoga mat at a mummy and baby yoga session. That was awful. And I didn't have anything. But you're around the other mums and everyone's just like, oh, here, like have these wipes, you know, have a sock to (laughs) tear it up. Like the other mums don't care, but I did feel bad given that mat back <laughs> just pay for the dry cleaning yeah can you dry clean it i don't know Maybe one i just cleaning. ran off <laughs> oh my god cleaned it cleaned it thoroughly as much as i could and then out of embarrassment was like i'm so sorry but they must be used to it, it must be oh, yeah. happening I hope so. I'm sure it must have happened before. You're not the first, for sure. Um, On that note, let's let's end on a poop note. That's amazing. Um, Thank you so much for being on the show. It was so informative and like interesting to know all this stuff because I am, as you know, clueless. Um, So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I've loved it. And how can people find you and listen to you and, and, and the store and everything? Well, the podcast is Next of Kin Parents Podcast and you can find that on all the different, you know, Apple, Spotify. And then on Instagram, it's at nextofkin.ae. And for the store, it is nextofkin.ae. And I ship at the moment free shipping to the UAE and um, shipping to all GCC countries. And you can actually use Podcast 10 for a 10% discount. Ooh, all right. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. And I'll put that all in the show notes as well so everybody knows you. where to get to you. Um Thank you for listening to the Get Organised with Dikashimi podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, share it, like it, tell everybody about it. And I will talk to you next week. Take care. Bye.